Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Once in Future Author Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I am so excited to be joined by author Michael Ross today. We have so much to chat about, but just as a little means of introduction, Michael Ross is uh, the author of this fabulous book series of Elphistra the Sorceress, but he's also here to tell us a little bit about other books he's working on with school children around the world having to do with fairies. So from, uh, from fantasy to fairies, please welcome Michael Ross. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, it's a great pleasure to talk to you again, Stephanie. Oh, Lovely always to see a pleasure. And, and, and I had to say, we, we were chatting before this started. I said, let me quick uh, hit record or you and I will be sitting here all day talking. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Always such a pleasure. And one of these days, um, e- either or your house or my house, we'll cross that pond in the middle so yeah. that we can meet in person. Uh, but, but first, just for our listeners, where are you right now? I hear that beautiful accent. So where exactly are you? Uh, well, I'm in England. I'm in the northwest of England. Um, I'm in the Green Belt, they call it, in an area called the High Peak. It's called the High Peak because you have lots of very tall rolling hills. Um, I've got a little oldie worldy cottage. It's got a thatched roof, as some of the old English ones have. And I overlook um, the, a sweeping valley um, that goes down. It's called the Strines Valley. Uh, and at times I feel like I'm up in the air looking down I, I i've always liked to be up in the i don't know what it is rather <laughs> than be down in a dip i want to be above it all um and uh, it is the most beautiful place the air is very fresh for me as an author you know um this idea of lockdown and because we're still in lockdown more or less till the 12th of april things will start to open up but i only have to turn right out of my cottage door and it's all pure countryside there's you won't see many humans you'll see badgers you'll see foxes you'll see all sorts of insects and so on so the air and the ambience is really nice oh my gosh it sounds so have i painted a nice pretty picture for you you did you did in in england i mean it (laughs) sounds like someplace an author should be living Now, the only thing I know in the northwest of England, isn't that where Liverpool, Manchester are not near there? Oh, yeah. I mean, Manchester, if I get on a if I drive or get on a train, I'm probably half an hour from Manchester. Oh, OK. So, it's so uh, and, yeah, and Liverpool, maybe an hour and a quarter's drive away. So I we're see. not we're really pretty close. OK. 
Um, strange thing about Liverpool is that even though we're only an hour away, their accent is so different to the ones that we have where I live. Uh, it's funny, really. I think it's just maybe their influence of um, of the Irish that sort of emigrated over in the old days. So we have that sort of very uh, scouse language, it's called. Um, and if I come across uh, an authentic scouser, even I have to look in a translating book to try to find out what he's talking about. So, um, but they have the most wonderful sense of humor. No matter what they talk about, you'll end up laughing. They're just natural comedians, all of them. Really interesting. So, yeah, we're all, uh, you know, we're, you know, remember, I mean, it's a pretty small country, so it won't take us long. If I say I'm going from uh, John O'Gross up to Land's End, it's not going to take me that long to get there. You know? so <laughs> it's, uh... Well, my son is a huge Manchester United fan. Oh, so right. Here I had on an author who was just right. a half hour away. Well, you know what? I mean, I used, of course, I used, well, in fact, in Manchester, you can support, there's two teams, there's Manchester there's City, City right? and Manchester United. Uh, and I had a grandfather who worked in a hat factory and he used to make bowler hats. And as a very, very small boy, he made me a little mini bowler hat that was red and white stripes. And that was my, I wouldn't go to sleep unless I had my bowler hat with me. That's all. Uh, the colors of Manchester United. Yeah, a very famous club. Nice. Good to know. Well, now I yeah. cannot wait until we're allowed to get on a plane and I'll come over. And yeah, out absolutely. Roof cottage up on a hill in England. What is not to like? Uh, well, let's start with it, your own books before we get you all yeah. over the world. And, and talk to me a little bit about Elphistra the Sorceress and how she came out. Well, um. I... Before this one, I'd actually written, already written a comedy. And then I wrote True Life Story, which actually has been an, a huge success. That's done really well. Okay. And then I wanted to write a classic. Look, I used to, I used to enjoy Tolkien, but I found it hard to read. I mean, I felt I could only read about four or five chapters. Then I wanted to go into a room and have a good cry. It was just like, it's, you know, it was very dark in those sorts of books. And uh, the way that he went on about and his characterizations, I mean, you know, three pages is enough for anybody to sort of survive. So I decided to write a classic uh, epic fantasy. Um, I've got a little book that starts it all off called the prequel. It gives you an idea of what's happening. And then there's a three major books in the trilogy. Uh, and it's basically about how the elves meet humans. Mm. And in fact, they come into play because we are making so much of a mess of our own planet that the elves in a different dimension had seen this. And they thought, you know, it's going to rack and ruin unless we step in and help. So in they came. Remember, in my books, the, the elves are three and a half million years ahead of us in evolution. So they've got some magic there and they're very wise. And it takes a lot for us humans who think we know everything to accept it. So I build up all these characters with their elvish and basically human characters. And then the adventures that happen. And as we start to go through the books, and then there's an elf and a human that fall in love, and then they have a hybrid child. Uh, in fact, the hybrid child is called uh, Kia. Now, 
for all you mums out there that have got teenage daughters, and I'm sure all of you will say that their daughters, they never have any problems with their hormones and everything else. So the sweetest <laughs> children in the whole wide world. Well, can you imagine a uh, half elf, half uh, human child who is having an argument with a father <laughs> he just snaps her fingers and then he she lifts him off the ground and he's floundering 10 feet in the air and she she just sort of decides to scoot off somewhere else it's more difficult to deal with you know teenagers like that so we explore all these sorts of characters uh, but my underlying thing completely with all the one chronicles is to make every character as believable as possible so you could imagine it could be true he is real this person now it's okay with humans you know we've got all our little foibles and we can sort of construct our characters what do you do with an elf do elves have different personalities so from my background as an actor i started working on character building for all my elves and it's got to the point where now now i've finished that series that some of them are really believable to me. Uh, and I've, in fact, I've brought them in into other books that I'm writing now. Fantastic. So elves, humans, and we're on the lower end of that spectrum intellectually, I see. <laughs> and then you sort of spun it into fairies. Tell yeah, me. well, I, I, I introduced fairies. Um, I, I, I've got a sense of humor. Uh, and I think a sense of humor you can have even in real life when times are pretty bad for you. You know, humor can sometimes help bring you out of that little deep hole. Uh, and so I always have little bits of humor that come into it. So I introduced a fairy into this uh, and she is a rather special fairy. She's called Tinker Tanker. Now, this fairy, she's a little overweight, but hey, she's got a heart of gold and she's the bravest fairy you could ever imagine. She just likes to eat too much nectar. I mean, you know, we all have our little weaknesses. And in fact, uh, she's really good. She's listened to some advice from all of us and she's slimming down really well now. She used to be called Tinker Super Tanker, but now <laughs> it's just Tinker Tanker. Uh, but I have little characters in there we bring in the humor into these little fairy stories that we write and um it, it all seems to work and again seem believable so i started on this series called the big fairy adventures and um and i thought this was just at the start of lockdown last year and i thought what can i do for the children you know they need to be i would like a child in many years ahead when somebody asked them what was 2020 like for you with covid and they say well, actually we had a great time we had a great summer there was a massive fairy garden we painted pebbles we all got together so i started to build a little fairy garden literally it was four or five little pebbles and a little mirror and a little sign saying make a magic wish that was it but then it grew and grew and then people were coming people i didn't know because you know you live in a small community you know when a stranger comes in somewhere and there were people coming from great distances to have a look at it all <laughs> so um and there it is right in the middle that's like that how it started off with that just that little circle right at the in the foreground there right. and then 
Um, we had a magic tap, which it wasn't on here. We had other features that that came later, and we got a. We've even got some clouds with fairies languishing on those clouds. You can see them on the wall there. Wow. So we even had some little fairy clouds. And the children just loved it. He, the, the parents would come along with the children. The children would stare at all the fairies. And then you could invariably hear the parents saying, well, come on now, we must go. We've got to have tea. Just five more minutes, please. <laughs> and then they would stay a little bit longer and they'd point everything out. Like I say, this is this will be, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, less than a third of how it's going to be now. Wow. Now I'm going to rebuild it. So it's going to be huge. So, so the fairies, they, the, the children started coming. You thought, maybe I'll just get a few children. And next thing you know, they were coming from all over. All over, all nationalities, all religions. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, you know, we've got all sorts coming. Uh, it appeals to a children's imagination. And this is, a, this is the sad thing, is that as we grow up, we tend not to believe in fairies or the fairy stories. But the good news to all you guys who are not children is that one day you'll be old enough to start reading fairy stories again. And that is really important. And um, <laughs> so as I was building, I thought, I tell you what, I'll just write a small book called My Fairy Garden. Tell a little history about how it happened. Come up with some little one page fairy original stories. And I'll invite a local school to draw a fairy, name it, and then send it to me if they want. I honestly thought I'd get 10 or 15 fairies. Honestly, that's it, tops. <laughs> I had to stop it at 72 fairies God. that were flying in from two and a half hours away. Oh, my gosh. How did they all hear about this? <gasps> um, you know something? The power of the mum. Mm, the yes. power of mothers on Facebook that all spread the word and then suddenly i've got all these fairies which are then in the book i've got 72 oh. fairies and then uh, so we have a fairy on the left hand side exactly okay. and then uh, if you scroll down if you got then on the right hand side of a, of the open page you will have a little story oh, that okay. goes so the all the way through now, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's development to children. But I mean, we're looking at children as young. We've got a three and a half year old that's driven one, uh, drawn a fairy. Right. Um, right up to 10 year olds. Oh, my gosh. The, the younger children, none of the fairies have noses, but they have big <laughs> smiles. I'm not sure what that means yet. I'm going to ask one of the queen fairies what the heck that means, but I'm sure she'll give me an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, so, some, at some point they put in a nose. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's some session. But there's one there. That's there's one you story, see here. Right? Yeah, so I've got these little stories in there that um, uh, are little original stories. I've got one or two sayings of famous people mm -hmm. that you wouldn't believe believed in fairies um like albert einstein um and wb yates a famous poet who all believed in fairies so um it's great really to wow. bring those in for children so you know it's it's a funny thing for anybody who's listening who is a marketeer you can spend a lot of money trying to get the word out there that they must come and they must buy your things and so on i've done nothing it is purely word of mouth 
that people have wanted to come along and they want a book. Now, they don't want one book. They want four books. <laughs> and uh, so I'm having what to... What you're saying is pure gold for so many people who well, are looking for how to get who, who would have thought? And if you imagine, you know, so many years ahead, that little child will have grown up. They'll see the book. And then they'll be able to look in there and they'll see the fairy that they drew when they were six or seven or eight. And it's a nice keepsake, isn't it, really? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there, is a, there was a problem, though, Stephanie, because I wanted it to be full colour. I thought the fairies and the children it needs to be full colour. Right. Oh, yeah. So I uh, took a lot of searching to find a printer that would print the book in full colour. Now, to give you an example... Um, at the moment, if you wanted to buy that paper book on Amazon, it's going to cost you $19. Oh. Ingram Spark, $13. But I found a little British printer and you can buy it for six pounds, which, well, sorry, $6. Really? So a huge difference there. Oh. So, so anyway, I decided I wasn't, at first, I didn't want to have an e-book. I wanted people, children to have the book so right. they could feel it and, and come to terms with it. But I've relented and I've done an e-book, so it makes it easier for people in other countries to download it and look at the book and read the stories. No, I, I'm with you. There's nothing like holding a book in your hand. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But there is something to be said for the speed and the convenience of an e-book. I would never yeah. want one instead of a print book but I always choose to publish in both so that I don't want anyone to miss an opportunity. Oh, I uh, oh, absolutely agree. There is definitely a place for an ebook. But uh, there's a lovely little cartoon that I came across recently, and it shows quite an elderly librarian handing a book to a little boy. And she's saying to him, No, you don't have to plug it in anywhere. And if you want to flip to another page, you just turn it like that. See? And you can take it anywhere. And he says, anywhere. Could I take it to the moon? She said, yes. And it would still work on the moon. So uh, <laughs> it's quite a nice little uh, cartoon, I think. <laughs> ah, how the times they have changed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so your fairies, though, did not just remain in Northwest England. Um, tell me a little yeah. bit about where the fairies and your work have gone next. Well, uh, you know... Um, I'm always doing my best to get children to appreciate um, reading and books because I think, you know, in another 20 years time, if we don't do that and books go out of fashion, where will our book readers be? So um, I started contacting various schools as there's some in Croatia and that one there we saw the photograph of was a private school in Dubai. Uh, and the United Arab Emirates. And I invited children in that book, <clears throat> excuse me, is to write uh, and draw an image of an alien and name it, and I will put it in the book, which I did. Well, then the principal found out about this, and she said, please, will you send me some of those books? And you see the smiles on their faces. They yes. were delighted to have this thrill of knowing there's a book with something they've created inside it. Mm -hmm. But you see, I that. didn't stop there, knowing me. I, I always tried to push it a bit more. So 
for those people who don't know, we we uh, authors will have beta readers, people who will check your um, a roughly sort of uh, composed chapter and tell you how it's going. Is it beginning okay? Is the end okay? And so on. Now it's a children's book. Those are middle graders, and I thought, why not get children to be the beta readers? Heck, it's for them, isn't it? You know, let them have an input. And you know, it's really worked well. So for that book, I had, I think, five beta readers, and they were all children, and they were really uh, helpful. So it's very much a children's thing. Then I went to Croatia. Yes, well, Croatian children, I mean, they study English over there. And um, I've been having regular Zoom meetings with children of about 10, 11, and 12. Their English is better than mine. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> they are amazing. They really are. And again, we wrote a book. It's become a bestseller, which is a bilingual book oh. about what it's like to go to school for the first time. I mean, we well, I can't remember it. You're young enough to remember it, Stephanie. Oh, I know I you wish. are. <laughs> but listen, you can. So it can be a frightening thing. So we, I wrote this book called um, "What Is a School." And it tells you all the great things about going to a school, meeting new friends, that you can have playtime, that you will learn lots of great things. Uh, and we did a bilingual version of that. And that went down really well and ended up on Croatian TV and so on. Wow. So we're still working and I'm trying to expand out uh, with children as far as I can, uh, because they're all they're, they're like little sponges. They just love it. And they want to write books. They come to me and they say, can I write a book? I said, yes, you can. Oh, well, how much will it cost? It'll cost nothing. We'll go through something called Amazon KDP and we'll, you, I'll help you put it together and we'll format it. And I've done that for a number of children. And that is a huge thing for a young child that doesn't know where they're going in life uh, and want to achieve something. Uh, it's a great feeling to know that they've got their ideas down. It's in a book and they're holding it in their hands. It's a thrill. Oh, my gosh. What you are hey, I, it's still a thrill for me. Each time what, another book of mine comes out, I still look at it and I hold it here and I uh, hold it to my heart and I, I get a little bit teary, not a lot, but I just think, oh, this is so amazing, this book. You know, Michael, if you, if you see behind me, my, my yeah. tagline is changing lives one book at a time. Yeah. And you are Great. absolutely doing that. You are changing yeah. their lives. You're yeah. changing their lives today, yeah. mm. but for the future. Mm. You know, who knows where this will take them, whether it's in, in a literary manner or just in a self-confidence manner. Yeah. And absolutely. you're also teaching them that anything is possible. You're teaching yeah. them that if you will it, if you can do it, if you think it, it's yours. Oh, uh, well, that, absolutely. That's been my uh, main drive is this idea that anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. And you can work at it. And it's not easy. Some of those paths that you take are a little difficult and you'll make mistakes, which is all part of the learning process, you know. And um, for me as an author, after 18 books, I suppose now, Without realizing it, you get quite knowledgeable, especially yeah. for other people like myself that are uh, independent publishers. I publish my own. Mm -hmm. um, suddenly, I'm being called on to offer advice on things, you know, 
And I thought, surely not me. But you do pick up whatever you do. You pick up experience, don't you? Absolutely, you do. And, uh, you know, especially in today's, you know, I, I hate it's, it's been more than a year. We can't even call it these crazy, unprecedented times. We've been living them for a year now. Um, mm. to give people that vision, to give children that vision that whatever they want to accomplish, they can accomplish. If they yeah. and and that they, in essence, and you as a, a writer and now as a, an advocate for children and literacy and writing, that if you can dream it, whatever world you imagine, that's what you can make it. Oh, absolutely. I have no qualm, qualms about that at all. I, I'm always telling the children, say, can we do this? Could we do that? I said, yes, of course you can. Yes. And there's yes. nothing stopping you. And nothing. I'm so glad they have you because the whole well, world is telling them right now, <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. Isn't the whole world oh, I know. You, you can't, but not you. Yeah. Well, you see, I've got this sort of thing. I'm, I'm terrible, really. If there was a red button with a big warning sign, do not press. <laughs> or a big sign on the beautifully mown grass saying do not walk i will put my foot on it I've just, don't say to me <laughs> you can't do it um yeah i've always don't matter what they i don't even think about it i just say yes come on then let's have a work with it now look there's a little example of just um a few days ago i went into a little hardware shop here to get something for the fairy garden and the woman serving me had heard about the fairy garden and everything else. And she just happened to say, oh, my daughter's 10. And she's really good. She's written some little stories together, but they're all scattered everywhere and, and everything. I said, right, this is my card. You both come and we'll get together. We'll Zoom it and we'll get a book and she'll put it all together. I mean, apparently it's like I've told her she's won the lottery, this little girl. She can't believe it. And that is to children, isn't it? That's that, that, that's the lottery. And adults, so, and adults. Absolutely. And adults. And adults, yeah. You know, empowering people to fulfill their goals and dreams. Yeah. That's yeah. huge what you are doing. Oh, well, it, it, um, I don't plan it. It's the way that uh, my uh, character and personality have always has always been well, um, uh, to try to help. So I'm, I'm working together with another very well-known uh, author who has a series called Bentley the Hippo series. Mm -hmm. And we would love to see on all the school buses a big green K which stands for the kindness bus we're trying to get kindness buses set up um and uh, bentley the hippo would be the emblem that would be seen on all these buses and nice. uh, it'd be wonderful if we could do that and generate oh, this feeling gosh. of kindness what a fabulous yeah. thing well i i would love to hear some thoughts from you about what our viewers can do both on two fronts so you're going to have to bear with all my questions. One is yep. a fiction writer, because besides all these wonderful things you are doing around the world, you are a fantastic fiction writer. And um, I definitely want to hear what you think our viewers who want to get started. You know, if somebody wants to get started and they look at your books and say, I want my name on that. That's what I want in my mm. life. Uh, what can they do today? to get started down that path. People who are saying, I don't even know where to begin. I'm overwhelmed. What, what yeah. tips do you mean to uh, actually, uh, which book to purchase and to read, you mean? I think that's a great place to start because by reading, yeah. 
that will help you. Well, of course, there's, there are so, so many books out there. But I think the idea works really well. Uh, and I've done it too, is to like, let people have a taster. And so the first book of the One Chronicles is a shorter book and it's called The Prequel. And it just gives you a little idea of what is going to be happening in it properly. And people can actually go onto my website, download that for free. Oh, it's free. Oh, no, absolutely. The Here's Prequel is free. Here's that website. Uh, there it is. Uh, the one dot me. me. Okay. Yeah, you can get me. the free prequel. The one dot me. Wow. And, and I've done that with all the other books that are my series, because if you go on the website, you will then come across uh, all the other books I've written. They all have links to Amazon. Um, but anything that is a series like The Big Fairy Adventures will have a little free book to start with to give you a little taster. I think it's only fair that because not everybody's going to like my books. I mean, it, right. and I can I can cope with that. But they may if it just sort of without having to spend one dime, you can give and have an idea of what it's uh, all about. And then you can take the plunge and get into it. Fantastic advice for our new writers out there. On, on twofold, on twofold. One is that if you are writing, a great way to entice your new readers is to offer a short free book to get their foot in the door. But I'm also going to toss out there that if you are interested in writing, the number one biggest thing you can do for yourself to improve your writing is to read more books. The yeah. more you read, the more it's going to help you to write. Well, I was I was a voracious reader when I was small. I went to a boarding school. My parents worked in Africa, you see, so I, I joined them for vacation. But I, I uh, went to a boarding school and uh, we didn't have TV and things like this. It was quite strict. So I spent a lot of time reading. And I read everything from classics all the way through to science fiction and you name it. And that has been a great basis for me. Now, it sounds really strange for you here, but when I'm writing books, I don't read other people's books. Okay. And the reason is I don't want any influence to come into my writing. I'd like it to be, it'll never be any author. I don't care who they are their writing will never be 100% original. It can't be because you will have experienced life. You will have seen things on TV and films and read other books. And there'll be a hint of something there that comes into your story. Um, but I do my best. Uh, when I'm writing, I won't read. Then if I have a break, then I read. And, okay. I, and, and I do. And actually, I read by doing reviews for other authors. Oh, and, I, wow. and I find that fantastic because... I'm reading books that I wouldn't normally, um, I'm reviewing books I wouldn't normally read, like just um, finished a book, which is a crime th a thriller. And another um, very difficult, um, it's called Splintered Reality, about a, a, a lovely lady that got um, uh, contracted COVID, but it, she didn't die from it, she's recovered. But she did, it affected her mentally really badly. She didn't know who her husband was, thought he was a stranger, didn't know her children. And, you know, and through the traumas of that, and it's a, it's a compelling book. Now, I wouldn't normally have read that, but because I'm reviewing it, I did. And you know what? I thoroughly, in, a, in the right way, sense I enjoyed that book. Oh, Michael, you're giving me so many takeaways for our viewers. <laughs> uh, 
and, and that last one was so important. You know, I, I have found that the author community around the world is so incredibly supportive. Yeah. And what you're yeah. describing here with helping yeah. other authors with yeah. reviews um, yeah. helps yourself. As an author, you should be reading. And it would really be nice to read things not necessarily in your genre too. Yeah, you know, it, it certainly helps your mind and it helps to expand you. So read and leave reviews because yeah. the greatest gift you can give to an author to help their books get into more hands is yes. more reviews. That absolutely of course. helps. So yeah. what, what a great takeaway that is. Um, well, I, and, and also part of a number of um, groups now there where I'm on as an advisor uh, in my own small capacity, but um, and you know sometimes right at the beginning, they will ask a question which you think, wow, don't they know how to do that? But of course, I was the same. To me, when I wrote my first book, it was like looking at the north face of the Eiger, and you think, oh heck, how do I start? So you start by putting your foot in a little foothold six inches off the ground the moment you do that you're a little nearer to the top and then you bring things into you and before you know it you're getting quite adept at writing them so you know it's it's a fun journey and to think that they're there for a while i have a slight problem in that um I like to read my own books. <laughs> it's about, you know, this thing about people who like to listen to their own jokes. Uh, <laughs> it's a, I don't know what, there's some psychological problem here. I'm sure there's a therapist who's maybe watching <laughs> this thinking, I could help this guy seriously. So uh, <laughs> I'll pass along but, their number. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll need it. But yeah, it, um, because of the humor I have in there, um, I uh, I know which books I can pick up sometimes. If I just need a break and a relaxation, I'll pick it up. And actually, I can chuckle up my own books, you know. So, um, um, yeah, it's just this idea of just trying to help. Yes. And it's something that's inherent in me. And if I can pass any uh, little gem on, oh, then that yeah. makes my uh, world a little happier. So many gems. So many gems for our readers out there, our writers out there, and for people who want to ignite that passion in other people. Um, yeah. Any thoughts? I mean, you are you are worldwide now. You and your books and your, your outreach to children is, is global. What about somebody who might want to just start a little bit? That's how you started, with just one very... Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell you how I started. I started... Um, I went to a big supermarket over here, which is called Tesco's. I, I guess it's like oh, a Walmart. Oh, I know Tesco's. Yeah. So, you don't have it here. Uh, yeah. So we we had. I went in one day, and um, I decided to have a coffee. And at the far end of the store, on the first floor, you can have a coffee. And I got my little coffee, and I sat down, and I looked over at the shop floor. And I, there was a little incident. It was funny. It wasn't a horrible incident. Something was quite funny. And I thought, I'll just write it down as, I don't know, a, a minute's little comedy sketch in, on my phone. And then the next week I went, something else happened. It's as if they were planning and waiting for me to come. And then I'd write some more stories. And then I'd put them on Facebook. 
This is what I did. And then people were saying, that was so great. Oh, have you got any more stories? So I carried on with that for a while. Wow. But then I went to see a clairvoyant. Ah. And besides all this about you're this big white horse in this muddy field and your hoof is stuck and one day you will fly like eagle into the and all this stuff but then she suddenly stopped and says you have to write i said what do you mean write she says well you need to write books you have to write it's all here i said i only just passed english at school you know i mean there's lots of foreign people who speak english far better than me how can i write a book she said i'm telling you you must write so that got me into thinking, how can I put these little stories in the book? I've got to find a publisher. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg. But no, here was Amazon KDP for no money at all. I was able to put them into the book. That first book, it needs to be edited properly. Uh, the formatting wasn't brilliant, but I did it. I made the book and then I held it in my hands and I was really, like, really thrilled. And that's that's how it started for me. Oh, I am so thrilled. And you make it sound so simple, which is... Just, <laughs> well, it is really. It oh, is really. but, you know, I, I always say that, that we humans, maybe the elves don't, but we humans, our greatest enemy is usually ourselves. Yeah. And it's our mindset, and we think that we can't do things. And you are just such a huge proponent for, yes, you can. Well, you know what? I came across somebody uh, last week and uh, she'd heard about the fairy garden and everything. And she said, oh, you're an author, aren't you? She said, oh, you know, I don't know. How, how, do you, how do you go down there? How could you write a book? How do you? Well, imagine I'm your friend. She said, right. Now, tell me a little story about something you've done that is a, has a beginning, a middle and an end. And you've got five minutes just to tell me. But it's an adventure about anything, any subject. So she did. And I said, look, there's your book. We've all got we've all got books in our head. Oh. They're all waiting. Get your beginning, a middle, and an end. And I do that with my books. That's my little test. If I've come up with a brand new series, I if I can tell somebody the whole of that series with a beginning, a middle, and end in less than ten minutes, there's my book. Mm. Love that. I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of people who left our show already because they started writing. And I'm <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. And if they left to start writing, that's fine. And if they left to head over to your website uh, to grab both the free copy of the prequel, as well as to find out more about all this wonderful work that you're doing all over the world, uh, inspiring and igniting a passion for books and children. Yeah. I think that that's just amazing. Michael, I can't thank you enough for joining us today wow. and for inspiring our audience. Thank you so well, much. Well, thank you very much. I humbly say thank you. And it's lovely, as always, to meet you again, Stephanie. Absolutely. You're so gorgeous. It oh, is so nice to talk to you. Keep, keep that teapot warm. I am coming, I promise. <laughs> All right. I'll and thank you going. to our viewers. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing!